Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Right here with John DeGlue. We are from our beautiful studios here in Chicagoland. John Meadows is directing and producing. You can follow us everywhere at Sports Talk Chicago. Follow me at John Z Sports Twitter, Instagram, and also on Facebook at John DeGlue. We're live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and check us out today. And we have a huge guest joining us tonight, exclusive. He's a World Series champion former White Sox manager and an analyst on NBC Sports Chicago. Please welcome in Ozzie Gee to the program. Ozzie, it is great to see you. Great to have you on. How you doing tonight? Very well. Good, good. Everything's going well. I'm still a little cold, but it's all good. <laughs> it's great to see you. Um, I wanted to start off talking about this current White Sox team. What do you make of their transition from last year to this year and how they're looking to you? Well, I don't think they're going to be worse than they did last year. That last year was so many up. A lot of people were very enthusiastic. I think uh, everything started with the front office people. I think they built a pretty good ball club with a good manager. Obviously, everything went south very quick. Uh, we cannot blame anybody for real because a lot of people blame Tony when Tony win 93 games the year before. I think injuries was a big part of the ball club. And uh, hopefully this year, uh, is 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 a better ball club. So you mentioned Tony Larusa, not too much to blame. How do you explain that big win drop? Because the Sox last year were supposed to be very good. Some even predicted them to be in the World Series. What went wrong? Uh, well, I don't think people from baseball predict them to be in the World Series. I think the front office did. At the front <laughs> office, we we did. White Sox fans, White Sox broadcasting, White Sox people get involved. Uh, you know, predicting they were going to be there. But in meanwhile, um, I know for a fact it's not easy thing to do. I think they got fight a, a great ball club in the past. I wasn't the one uh, saying they will they, they will win the division. It's not down my mind. I thought they should win the division. I think it was a downfall. Uh, I never picked the White House to win the World Series. Uh, just because uh, the, the talents out there, but to win the World Series, uh, everything had to put together with the group, put together with the ball club. Uh, I always say uh, they got a good talent. My goodness, they have a great talent. I don't think they have a, a good, hopefully from the mistake and the fail and everything went last year, uh, this year, be a better ball club is a unit. Better ball club is on the field. Uh, less talk, less argument, and, and, and go by the business the way they should be going. And uh, I still believe in this ball club very well because I think they still have talent. But now missing a couple big P's of the group. Uh, you talk about Hendrick and uh, obviously Jose Abreu. Everybody got to step it up a notch and do what they're supposed to do day in and day out. How big of an impact do you think their absence will be for this team? Well, I don't know. I don't know. We had to see and because last year we were so excited about this ball club. Nowadays, we have to say, hey, wait a minute. Just sit back and relax and see what's going what's to happen because everything last year was so magnify like wow look at this ball club yes it's a lot of talent but uh i think this year uh everything in 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 uh spring training look good like everybody's spring training you know go to see anybody spring training say any anything negative about the, the ball club even they got good or bad ball club they just like hey everybody's in the big league everybody has talent 
the club is played better than the one go to win. It's a place a team. I think right now, uh, I hear, I love what I hear from the manager, uh, Pedro Gifford. Uh, I think the coaching staff is very into it. But uh, hopefully the guys go out there and perform the way they should be performed. How did you feel about that hire? Because I know you were also in the running for the White Sox managerial position. How did you feel when Rafa was hired and you were told not so much? Well, obviously, you know, I had blood go through my brains. I was a little disappointed. I was a little upset. In my thing to my family, uh, only last couple hours, uh, I feel great because I'm not going to feel great, but I think uh, I know... I never, I never met Griffo personal. Uh, I think with the people I talk to, uh, baseball people love him. Uh, what I hear is been trying this philosophy, what he can do, sound great. I'm, 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 I'm on board with him. We have to wait and see how to play. The players going to react to in the season. Uh, I think he's a great baseball man. He's not down my mind. He's a great baseball man. I always say. If the front office let this guy do his job, I think it would be easier for him, easier for the players. Uh, and hopefully that thing happen because it's no doubt in my mind that guy is a great baseball guy with a great philosophy. He know what he was doing, and hopefully, hopefully the players uh, get into it and go by their business the way they should be, and and perform the way. They think they can perform. Coaching staff is great. Uh, now, you know what I mean? We're still in February. We can say anything about it. Hopefully, in September, August, September, we're still talking about the White Sox the way we are talking right now. We are a lot of ups because down was very bad. That year was very bad, very disappointing, very embarrassing, uh, very sad. And and hopefully this year, I know this year gonna be better. So not that, I know I don't think it's gonna be worse than last year. Even missing Hendrick and and Jose, I, I hope it's not it's not worse than it was last year. I don't think it, it, it should it should be worse than last year. How did you feel about Tim Anderson's comments this past week, where he said there was too much criticism? Uh, you know the NBC Sports Chicago crew criticizing the team too much. I know you were a big critic of them, but obviously it was kind of warranted. How did you feel about those comments from Anderson when you heard them? Very sad. Very sad because when you listen to supposed to be the leader of the ball club, worry about what people say about the club, what people say about him, uh, I think I feel embarrassing for him because I, I don't think he was the right to, especially with Chuck. If, that, if, if this kid say that about me, I take it. Say that about <laughs> Kaplan. Somebody, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, I say that about Chuck Garfire and I Chuck handled him very well because I, I could have, I might handle it a different way, but my name, it was on there and I just leave it in that way. But uh, listen, Chuck Garfire, when I got the job, I made Chuck Garfire to change. I did. I told Chuck, put the white socks in the size, you're not a fan anymore. And you are who you are. Uh, my Our job is not easy. Our job is very hard just because we say everything good about him, even when it's bad, the fans are going to be against us. If we say anything bad about the players, players are going to be upset. We say anything bad about uh, the front office, front office is going to take it the wrong way. Uh, whatever <laughs> it is, we know we're in, we're in the middle in very very thin line, very thin line. But I always say, the longer you talk a fact, you're not lying, and you talk the way you, how you feel, it's all good. Uh, I feel bad for Chuck. I know Chuck and TA, they're good friends. Uh, I hear one of my colleagues talk about how great Chuck and TA was this morning, they were talking, and Everything was great. I disagree with him. I do. Uh, because what it did, the only respect it did for Chuck is I not buy that. They can buy that. I respect Chuck to take it the right way. He take it the very professional way. But uh, TA make comments. 
with no reason. Last year, told me to shut up and, you know, he say he not say shut up, he said something now. Then reply back. Then when you talk about pulling the same, he said everybody put in the same way. We don't get paid by the White Sox. Sorry, we don't. We had to the fans. We tell ourselves very honestly what we feel about the team. And I always say, if they play good, we want them to play good. We want them to play good because it makes my job easy. I said, we clap out of boy, good job, good job. The hardest thing for us is criticize the ball club, the one we like, the one we're rooting for. And and, and when we have to say stuff, it's Tony Rusa back in the days or somebody else say something I know is not true. Okay, we're not all stupid in this job anymore. You have somebody out there, no baseball, the same way, better, maybe better than you guys does. My job is to is communicate the fans. My, my job is just tell the fans how, not how Ozzie and feel, how it should be. Because I can feel anyway, I can feel, I can say whatever I want, but I never say in the air something is not a fact, it's not right, it's not true. And like I said earlier, he, he, this kid say something about me, about the show. I might take it personal. It's nothing personal against anybody with the White Sox organ. That's our job. If they like it, good. If they don't like it, just play better. That's all it is. And, and if, they, if I say something in the show, create problems, I'm available. Because when I say something in the show, and you're going to talk to me about what happened in the show, you better bring your lunch because I will rip your heart out because I'm not going to lie to the fans and I'm not going to lie to the people I face. I'm not going to make stuff up to make me look good in the show. I don't need that. But I will say what it should be and I will say what it, it will be and I will say what I think it should be. And obviously when you work on TV or you work in radio or you work in the media size, you have to be kind of be careful what you do. I don't. I don't because White Sox not paying me, the players not paying me. I can pay to tell the people how it can be, it should be, it will be. And I know they pay to make friends. And you know what I mean? Thank God. That's a good thing, but I was very disappointed because TA says something about Chuck. Chuck is the kind of guy love TA. I used to be love TA. I like TA. I think he's a great player. But I don't know from yesterday to right now, I can think it the same way people think about him because I don't think he's a great human being. No, before that happened, after that happened, today, because Chuck Darfire loved TA, respect TA. I, know, I never hear any, since I've been with the White Sox, I never hear anything negative about Chuck say to the White Sox or White Sox organization. Oh, so he just say what do we think? And I, I would I would say I would blame myself to put Chuck in the spot to say, hey, you gotta tell the fans the way it should be, not the way you think. Because all the sudden, White Sox people, I don't know who, think when we say something about the White Sox, we're not allowed to be in the locker room, play is gonna hate that the people talk about him. You're not allowed to be in the ball anymore, you're not request anymore, PR department thing. And I don't know why. That happened because media and big, I say in the air, a media very soft in Chicago, very, very, very soft in the past. Hopefully, this year they got some dots and put it together. But uh, they have a job to do, we have a job to do in the place. You know what? You don't want to be criticized by the media, just play good. That's all we do. Yes, you don't have to win every game. You never will win every game, but you play good every day. No, play hard. Don't play hard. I don't believe in that shit because play hard, you get paid to play hard. Play good. Play to win. That's all we care. And being in the game for so long, I know when they play to win. I know when they play, or at least when they show me. When they show me something I can see, I know when they play to win, I will, I'll say, oh, I don't think they, they're trying. Let me ask you this. How would you have handled the Tim Anderson situation if you were the manager? If one of your players did something like that to Chuck Garfine, 
How would you have either disciplined him or talked to him after those public comments? No, it's none of my business. You grow up, man. You take care of yourself. I think when I was with the White Sox, I know media, uh, PR department will take care of that. Like, hey, you know, do this. Kenny going down and say, why you been doing that? Why you saying this? Why you say that? Especially to me, personal. <laughs> no, yes, a lot, a lot. Yes, it did. And nowadays, I think they're afraid to, uh, to the place. I don't know. They might say something to him. I don't know. I hope they did. Uh, I still, I used to say, I still love TA. I, I still like him. I do like him. It's not like him. I will right people's face. I don't like him. I don't care about him. To me, no, I do like him. I respect for him. I don't love him. They used to be, they used, the way I used to be love him. No, I'll be honest. I don't. But, uh, no, I think when you, when you're in a big league, you have the right to say anything you want. We're in the country. We on the country. We can say whatever we want, and that's a bunch of clap. I said that's not. We're not. The, we're in the wrong country to say what we want, because we are, we're going to get in trouble. We're going to go create this moment. Uh, is TA feel that way by talk and or show? I respect that. I respect that a thousand percent. Uh, but uh, be careful what you say and what you do because you cannot pull the same rope. When you hold shit and you play like shit, we had to tell people, you guys did, <laughs> you are, you play good, we tell people how good we play. I never say anything about Dylan Z's, anything wrong. I, I went all over, my favorite player from the White Sox, Joan Moncada, Joe, I say a lot of stuff about Joe. I kill my hero, my mentor, Tony Arusa, then when when this kid makes comments like that, I just laugh. I just laugh because he don't know what he's doing. But what he did to, I'd rather him to do it to me than or somebody out NBC Sport, then he did it to Chuck Garfield. Do you think your honesty, Ozzy, hurt you in maybe getting back the White Sox job this offseason? But was that ever brought up, how honest you are on camera, how outspoken you are? <laughs> And then maybe why you didn't get the job? Was that related? What do you mean? What they what they interview me then? You know what I mean? I respect that. I'm pretty sure they did it. Uh, I think they have already had the manager when they interview me. That's my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, big time. Uh, but uh, one big mistake when you interview Ozzy, I don't say I'm better than anybody. I never will be. But I, I think nobody, I, I say that, I say nobody knows this ball club better than me. And you hire somebody out, I respect that. But in my heart, very honest. And you will see through the years. I say that, I'm very happy they hired Pedro. No problem I have. But uh, listen, man, I never know about this country or about this sport. I don't want to say about country, but I don't know anything about it. When you're honest in baseball, uh, you go to have, Height and very low. You're going to have more low than high because people are going to hate your honesty. But when you're honest and you're a fact and you're not lying, that's a different thing. You can be honest, but you're not lying. And you know, make stuff up. I can live with that. And my honesty, I think the reason I still have a job is just because of my honesty, not because I'm better than anybody. Oh, I'm better in the game. I'm better managing this guy. I'm better coaching that guy. I was a better player. No, because I will. That's the reason I have a job. Because I will to defend the way it should be, the way I think it should be. And I be. I might make a mistake. I did it twice, a couple times. Picking players, say stuff about players on the prove me wrong. I said it in the air. I was wrong about this kid. I was wrong about that kid. And and you know how many times we say how good Tiet went all the way to be a great shortstop, a good shortstop. You know what I mean? Uh, and we don't say, we say what we see. And by the way, by the way, the last person, NBC Sports Chicago, Chuck Garfire, asking talk about this popper was Tim Anderson. The last one, because we can rip these kids apart. Because I know. And everyone in Chicago, we can do it. Especially, you know, we respect him. We like him. We used to be love him. I don't know. They still love each other, but I uh, still like him. Yes. He's a person. He's a player. Yes. It's not down my mind. But uh, 
I, I know I don't see anything bad about the white so don't hire me at all. It's, it's one thing about we might have a problem. If I criticize Pedro before, people say, oh, as he talking about Pedro because he's not the manager. <laughs> right. But, oh, yeah. Well, that, will, that will happen. But I criticize the best manager in the history of the game, Tony La Russa. Do you think I'm going to criticize the guy who just got in the game? Yes. I will put this man in the top. Is you have to be? I'm 100% behind that game. I say early this week, I say, if the White Sox from up, let this guy do what he should do and think what is best for the organization, that guy, Pedro Jorge, have a great, great career as a manager. Do you think you'll ever manage again? Are, are you still interested past the White Sox of managing a Major League Baseball again? I don't know, man. That's, uh, this experience happened to me a few months ago. I don't know. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Uh, my grandkids, my kids, my, my family, the family around me make it easier for me. Um, just I wake up in the morning and I say, yes, I wish I was managing. Maybe once a week, six six days a week, I get up, I take my granddaughter to, to school, play golf, be around my wife, be around my house. Sometimes I hate to be around my family so much. I want to be, I wish I was on the game. I mean, be on the field, yes. But baseball, they take a lot from you, a lot. Uh, I'm, 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 that's why I love Tony Russo after all those years. Hall of Fame, money, rings. What are you doing here? You know what I mean? What are you going to tell people what, what I need to get done? And uh, uh, I, I have to say, no, I don't want to manage it again. I will lie to you because I don't know, you know, the world is so many spinning around, you never know. You all oh, one day, you're down, next day, you're in the size, a few months later. Uh, but with the experience I have right now, uh, I will interview with anything. It depends who would ask me about baseball. Whoever asked me about baseball, I would sit down and talk what about What would it take for you Pardon to me? manage again? Pardon me? What would it take for you to manage again? What kind of offer or what kind of team or what kind of situation would you be looking for? Any situation at all. Re respect me the way I will respect you. Don't think you know both baseball more than me. I don't know. I know what I think. I know more baseball than you. I know I will be. I know I will know baseball more than whoever interview me. But I just respect each other. Just put each other for the same role, and 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 worry about one thing, not your ego, because people say I have ego. No, I don't have any ego. Ego. I just tell the people what they should do. That's not ego because I know how good I am. Is I'm good dancing. I'm not going to tell you I can dance. No, no, I'm good in baseball. I will let you know how good I am. That's not ego. That's confidence. That's confidence. That's not ego. Some people think, oh, it takes me easy. Think that is, think that's. No, I went through a lot. I do it right now something big in the, in the World Series. Talk on TV, second language. I was a national TV doing World Series in Spanish, in English, I'm sorry, then in Spanish. Same thing, I work in the national TV for so long. That's not ego. I say Latino players will do, we will have a championship, but they know what they have the job I have, talking English with somebody else. But uh, what is better? Uh, you know what? I don't want to be cocky, but after the experience I have a few months ago, I say, when you call me to talk about it, make sure you put the right people in front of me and ask me about how many years and how much you want. Because Baseball size, baseball wise, I'm not gonna convince you, and you're not gonna convince me. You had your mindset, I got my mindset. If we put my mind with your mind together, that will work. But you think you're better than me because whatever reason is, because you went to school, I never went, you're wrong. Or I'm gonna put my research, you never wear the uniform, I did and run. That's why I say uh, we had to work them together and putting the right spot with the right mentality and, and put it together to build a good organization. Not a good ball club, a good organization that make you a, a winning ball club.
Can you tell me about your experience a few months ago? You mentioned it a couple of times. What was that interview process like this time around with the White Sox? Very weird. Very weird because the people, I respect them. The people who are talking to me, they don't know more baseball than I was. And maybe that's my fault. They was my fault down. Uh, uh, I respect them because the way they think, that's restoral. But uh, be honest with you, and I hope not, and I keep saying I hope not, I think I was I waste five, five hours of my life talking with somebody they know I'm not going to be the guy. How did that make you feel? All right, fine. No, at all. You're the boss. You, 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 you don't have to pick me who I am, what I did. You have to pick the right guy. You guys think it should be for the organization. I'm fine. I don't need regrets. I don't no hard feelings. I talk to Jerry Rice or every other, maybe once a week, twice a week. No, maybe 30, maybe 20, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I might feel very weird, very, I'd be very upset about it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good where I am right now. As again, here on Sports Talk Chicago with John Zaglul, John Meadows directing and producing live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and anywhere you get your podcasts. As he wanted to talk about the current White Sox season for you, what's your expectations for this team now in 2023? No, at all. Go play every day, stay healthy, and go by your business mm-hmm. the way it should be. I know, I need, you know, I know they're going to be better than anybody. Uh... I think they, they I, I hope they learned something for last year. I did. Uh, but my expectation for the White Sox, make sure you go out there and play the way you should be played. I uh, know how they win the division or they don't. Uh, sorry, but I can, I can bet or I can put myself, say something I will regret in the end of the season like I did last year. <laughs> What do you like about this team right now? What at least excites you roster-wise about what they bring to the table? Uh, you know what's funny? You will laugh. Managers and the coaching staff. I okay. think I think those guys uh, put it together. No, no, because they speak Spanish. That's a bunch of shit, too. No, because the guy, Renteria speaks Spanish, Tony speaks Spanish. That, no. I put it down in the size. No, because you speak Spanish, you're going to win. No. Never will, never happen. I hear when people say, oh, they have Cuban players. They, they don't give a shit about Latino. They don't give a shit. They care about their job. You think you think Cara going to play better because the guy next to him is, is, is Cuban? No, it's not. I play, I'm managing a lot of Venezuela. I mean, maybe Tony, nah, maybe who? Freddy Garcia is the only one guy who said me. I said a lot of the team now that put on the side, not because you speak Spanish, it picks Spanish, make it easier. The communication with the players, maybe. But uh I think the coaching staff, I like it. I like uh, I like I truly like the manager. And they long if they let those guys do what they're supposed to do and then not put the nose down do, I think I think this ball club would be a lot of different. What should White Sox fans be expecting this year? I know there are these high expectations. You don't need to say anything about expectations, but a lot of fans are anxious. They're worried about this team. But what's your message to them, at least, for this season? I know, Heidi. Wow. Just be patient like you always do. Uh, don't fool yourself because whatever you hear or whatever you read, uh, don't expect Moncada go there play the same way Moncada that's the way it is no no don't expect because uh that's the funny thing about it uh Jolito lose weight Lin lose weight Jimenez lose weight who else lose weight is it like a beauty beauty pageant it's not a beauty pageant <laughs> this is baseball and not because they lose weight they're going to perform better than what they did last year I don't think so uh, hopefully they stay healthy because 90 and maybe 60% of the ball clubs are good friends. I like him and I respect for I want them to do good. I do because I know how hard it is to play baseball. I room for player, every player. And I room for every player, every coach, everybody wear that uniform. I do rooting for them. 
But now I'm not going to say something I will regret last time. Like, oh my God, I did it last year. I said, look at this, look at this, look at this. Down. And I learned that from there. And if they, I think they do a good job right now to keep everything quiet. We are not the ball club in baseball. Last year, they're like, it's a World Series or nothing. World Series of fail, World Series of deal. There's some wolf. And I think they handle them very well. Like, hey, listen, just take it one day at a time, playing well, place the unit, and see what happens with their results. Ozzie Guillen still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Ozzie, a few more questions for you before we finish up. First off, wanted to ask you about the Guillen Grid, your new YouTube channel with your two sons. How'd that start and how's it been going? Awesome. Awesome. We've been doing this for a little while. I think you're going to hear three different opinions. Uh, fun, critical, and I think it's, it's, it has been great. We, we do it for fun. We do it to, to stay in baseball. Some people love it. Few people hate him. Whoever hate him just because they can hear the truth. And uh, I think I hear a lot of podcasts, a, little, a, a lot of people talking. We just don't talk about baseball. We talk about life. We talk about kids. We talk about what you eat yesterday. Uh, what you think about this player? Who's better player there? Which player? Who is the best player right now? Who's better between that guy and this guy? What you think about this? It's a fun, really fun show. Uh, it's was a baseball fan will listen it because you're going to learn a lot of stuff, even inside our group, inside our house, our family. You know, a couple of days ago, I said, I hate my father. And people like, my, my uncle go, what? You know what I mean? It just, I, I think it's just, it, it's not it's just baseball news. It's a baseball refresh. Re- baseball about what we think about baseball, each one. We never, disagree, we disagree a lot but you know what I mean? Between each other, we disagree a lot, and uh, I think it's a it's a it's a good good show to uh, to be at least to be aware they are there. Not because I am there. I think my kids know baseball more than I do uh, outside the game because those guys know everything about everybody. I don't. Um, sometimes we're going to talk about subject. They send me a note. Hey, we're going to talk about this subject. Okay. Then I gotta go there and say, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what this guy does? Who the hell is that? All of a sudden they open the stuff. It's it's fun, man. It's uh, I like it. Uh most of the time we we leave the show very pissed about somebody. Uh it's a lot of stress between each other because we know we respect each other. We are respect that you we don't agree with somebody. I will we will let you run your face. Even you like it or not, and I'm going to tell you why. And it's fun. I think it's, uh, you know, what I mean, I, I is is uh, to me, it's fun, refresh, and know everything about about the game right now. How nice is it too to host with both your sons? That must be really rewarding for you. Crazy, I crazy. I never thought somebody's going to know more baseball than me. At least uh, of the field stuff. And when I listen to Junior, I listen to Oni. Two stupid guys talk about baseball. And when I listen to them, I say, man, those guys, I grew, I, I raised these kids and they grow up, know the game more than I have. Even they never had the experience I have. Even they, they had to respect my experience because they never been there. But the, the, the question Ozzy and only asked me, it's not like, how you feel to win the 2005 World Series? Now they're like, what's the worst thing ever happened to you? My mom. You know, was my you know, it's just so many great things behind the scene. It's not like what you feel about lifting the trophy. And I say, like, before the trophy, what you were thinking going there, and uh, you were drunk that day. Uh, yeah, remember you was passed out, and you wake up, you go to the ballpark, and you go to the you know, to the to the parade. You know, it's just stuff like that. Like, I remember you don't want to go to the to uh, uh, Illinois. Uh, when the president, uh, the governor is, I don't want to go there. I have to go with Kenny and Jerry. How the plane ride, going there with those guys. How you feel about these people? Uh, Springfield, Illinois. And when we talk about it, they laugh because I'm not the type of guy. I, say, I hate it. Uh, I say what I have to say. I can't wait to get the, out of there and go to my country, go to the, the beach and drink 
scotch with coconut water, and they love that they, because they, I cannot lie to the fans when they are around because they say, "Oh no no no, you're lying. This is what it was," and you have to be aware every every single question. Uh, is I pick my best. Who is the best wrestler you ever see? I pick a guy playing Venezuela. Nobody see him play. And they start putting numbers and shit. Like, how this guy never played even double A, you say the best short stuff. You know, and now we start arguing, talk about it. And that's why the show is very unique. Well, Ozzy, uh, before we finish up today, I have two questions for you. And these might be harder questions. I'm going to see if you can give me an answer here. And if you don't want to, it's okay. But I know you're pretty honest. You're pretty forthright. Listen, so I'm going to ask you this. The, 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 the hottest player to manage? And then who was your least favorite player to manage? Who did you not like to manage in Major League Baseball? Right now? When, when you were manager. Oh, my God. I got lucky. I, I like I like the players because they went through the rules. Uh, when I was a White Sox, shoot. Uh, I don't know. That's hard because you know what? You know what? Who know I like to manage it? You know, because he was a bad guy. PK. Poconerco because that guy, that, that guy is a very quiet. A great leader, awesome ball player, but I don't think my English was good enough for him. He's a very quiet man. I'm very outspoken, and I talked to PK. He said, "What's up?" I, I say hi to PK every day just to piss him off. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's the worst guy to manage. It's the hardest one to do it because uh, I was too, too stupid with him. Like I know, say, "Hey man, I come here to do my job. You managing? I play, and they, and we we're good friends. We're still good friends." By the way, last summer, I spent with PK. I was doing the show with the ballpark. PK was on the field. I, I talked to PK more last summer than I speak up with him for nine years. Wow. Do not say hi every day and stuff, but PK was a, he was a different kid. I don't want any shit. I go about my business. I love you. I know you love me, but that's it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it was hard for me to know what's bad no at all i love it but it was hard for me. i speak with pk's dad and his brother more i speak with him through the year because that that's the way it was wow that is uh that's something i never knew and that's really interesting information and uh ozzy i just want to say thank you so much for coming on true pleasure i hope we can do it again soon uh best wishes this year on white Sox coverage and of course with the gian grid great program everybody should make sure to check it out ozzy thank you Thank you, Owen. And, and you know what? <laughs> the grid is more fun than the White Sox here. Like I say, man, <laughs> uh, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, uh, some people are like it, some people don't. I don't care. I don't get paid by them. Uh, something you got to get out of myself, like always be, is a fan, is a family. Be honest. And, and I, I try to be the honest. And I never go to lie to like somebody or lying to like, okay, I'm lying, but. This guy good with me. I'd rather you hate me when I know I can sleep at night and, and be and be happy with. Thank you so much, Ozzy. I really appreciate All right, bye. it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Ozzy Gian on the program. Um, that was amazing. I know we're still live. Hi, everybody. John Zaglul, Sports Talk Chicago. John Meadows here with us, directing and producing. We're live everywhere: Facebook, Twitch, YouTube and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, what a show. What a day. Uh, I'm so happy we got Ozzy on. Took a while. Took two years in the making. And I'm really happy that we got to launch that here tonight. Exclusive interview. Some really interesting notes on Tim Anderson that we're going to have to talk about later, I'm sure, and write up. Ozzy did not mince his words. Ozzy did not pull any punches. And I think that's what made the interview so great. And it's what makes him so great. Um, as an analyst and as a former manager, um, I thought the Sox should have hired him. I was pretty adamant about that on this program. Didn't work out that way, but I think he will still be a very exciting and interesting presence around this team for the rest of the year. We're sponsored by our good friends at Amish Country Farms. Find them today in Orland Park, Illinois, for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland. Imports weekly from the Amish of Northern Indiana. Tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. They're going to take real good care of you. We have about 20, 25 minutes left here in the program, and we did have some stuff to talk about here today, some Bears news, some really uh, scary Bears news. If you're a big Justin Fields fan, 
Uh, but I just want to say again, thank you to Ozzy. Thank you to all of you for tuning in tonight. And if you missed it, saw a couple of people saying they missed the interview, it will be up on YouTube. Uh, the replay of this live stream will be up. We're also going to cut up the interview and post that either tonight or tomorrow exclusively. The entire interview is a separate video. So if you missed it, don't fret. We're going to make sure we get that up for you uh, just a little bit. Do you want to talk about the Bears here for a second? Justin Fields is at the center of more trade rumors. The trade carousel goes round and round and round, and Justin Fields, as of this point, is being projected in some mock drafts to be traded. The Bears are supposed to draft Bryce Young, and it seems like every single day we go through this, if you flip on ESPN today and tomorrow, you'll see them discussing on first take or get up. Should Justin Fields be traded? Should the Bears trade Justin Fields? And we, we keep hearing this conversation, and I have to say, frankly, it's getting pretty damn annoying. I understand that we have a little bit to go until NFL Draft Day, and these rumors are going to be swirling, and everybody's going to eat up this content, including myself. I'm a sucker for it because I need to report on this to you. But at this point, I think it's been made pretty clear, whether you agree with it or not, that Justin Fields is going to be sticking around. I think there's a conversation worth having about trading him. I've said that many a time before. Probably won't happen. I'm cool with that. But to sit here and say that we have to talk about this every day, to sit here and insinuate rumors when they really aren't true is just ridiculous, annoying, and unoriginal. And ESPN and other mainstream media outlets are pretty known for this. Last year, they kept saying the Bears are going to be the worst team ever. They said that for about two weeks straight on ESPN back in May. Have nothing else to talk about. Nothing else to discuss besides, oh yeah, the Bears are going to be the worst team ever. And now they're doing this again with Justin Fields. Unless you have sourcing, unless you know for sure something's going to happen, shut your mouth. That's my message to ESPN. That's my message to anybody talking about these Justin Fields trade rumors. I am sick of hearing about it. You've already warned me out. Everybody's warned me out about it. Ryan Poles has already said multiple times, Justin is our guy. And unless he's lying to everybody, which he could be, and we'll find out in draft night, be the biggest plot twist ever, Justin Fields will stay on this team. And Justin Fields will be the quarterback for the Bears for at least next year. And then depending on that performance, many more years to come. I don't think after next year is guaranteed for him like others. I think we need to see another step forward. We saw a big step forward in 2022, but there needs to be more. We need to see his passing game develop. We need to see real weapons around him. We need to see how he could do with the real team. It's fair to say, is he a running back or a quarterback? Is he going to throw for 4,000 yards next year? Will he have 30 touchdowns? We don't know. We need to see him with the real team, though, in order to decipher and figure out what exactly he is as a quarterback. That's fair to say. And I'm willing to give Justin Fields another year, maybe even two years, depending on how long the Spares rebuild is going to take, in order to understand whether or not he's the guy. Look, love him or hate him, everybody gave Mitch Trubisky five years with this Bears team. Four. Last year was kind of in and out and benched for no reason, but that's besides the point. Four to five years, the Bears gave Mitch Trubisky to shine. And at times he did, at times he didn't. He's gone for good or for worse. Why aren't we giving Justin Fields that same luxury? Why aren't we giving Justin Fields that same opportunity to hold on to this job for four or five years? Why not? Why must we know today? And why must there be this crusade on everybody spreading the rumor that the Bears are going to trade him? A newsflash. He's a young quarterback. The Bears have the number one overall pick. They have money to spend. They're going to build around him. They're not going to trade for a new quarterback and then set themselves back further because unless Bryce Young hops onto the scene and throws for 4,000 yards next year, it's not going to work. The Bears have a plan. It's a one- to two-year plan to be good again. Bringing in a rookie quarterback could take three or four years. Five years could be a bust. We don't know. Bryce Young could be a bust. Will Levis could be a bust. C.J. Stroud could be a bust. We don't know. We know Justin Fields showed enough last year to say, okay, he's a competent NFL quarterback, and by building around him, this team could be better next year and the year after. We do know that. We do know there's potential. We do know that there's been NFL reps, NFL snaps, NFL action, and some sort of moderate success. We know all of that about Justin Fields, so why the hell are we insinuating that the Bears are going to trade him? There's a conversation to be had, but that conversation is long gone, in my opinion. 
And it stops with, is Bryce Young going to be more NFL ready week one than Justin Fields? Answer is 99% no. So that's it. This Bears team is following a plan. That's the key. They're following a plan. Okay, if the Bears were 3-14 and 14 last year, they had a carousel quarterback, and they had no future, draft a quarterback. If Justin Fields was a total bust last year, draft a quarterback. If he played like he did in the first three games last year all season, draft a quarterback. But we saw growth. We saw moderate success. We saw a Bears rushing record for a quarterback and second most rushing yards in NFL history for a quarterback in one season. We saw records. We saw moderate success. We saw some really good things, some things that need to be worked on, too. Not perfect, but I think it's a little bit ridiculous to keep insinuating, to keep turning the rumor mill back and forth, saying, going to be traded, won't be traded. I'm just sick of hearing about it. Let's focus on other quarterbacks who are literally going to be traded or who are really going to sign somewhere else. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are legitimately on the trade block and or free agents who will sign, go, who will sign somewhere else. It's going to happen. Matter of time, they're going to make their moves. Jimmy G could be on the move, right? Brock Purdy, what's going on with his elbow? Those are quarterbacks in which you could insinuate the rumor mill day in and day out. But for somebody like Justin Fields, I don't know if I've ever seen a situation like this in which you have a second-year QB who everybody seems to be tied to, and yet all these trade rumors swirl. I don't remember this conversation. I don't remember the Bears trying to trade away Mitch Trubisky after year one or year two or year three. That never happened. Maybe there were less suitors, but still. The Bears and other teams, even, for guys in their first or second year, it's very rare, if not almost impossible. The last time I could remember, Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, Arizona. The reason why that happened is because Arizona had one year of Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes, by the way, and they said enough's enough. And now they're kind of worse off, too. Kyler Murray's turning into a bust himself. So what do we really have here? What are we really talking about? That's the issue. I'm just sick of hearing about it. Let's put it this way. We want to sit here and compare things. Is Josh Rosen similar or the same to Justin Fields? Hell no. Case closed. That's the answer. With the Bears trade Justin Fields, let's look back at what the Cardinals did. Kyler Murray is a far better QB than Josh Rosen. They made the right choice. And even then, Josh Rosen got a bum situation, bad situation, with Steve Wilkes being fired year one, being a defensive guy, having nobody there to help him out. Okay? That was it. So if you're really looking for the answer about Justin Fields, his future, what the Bears will do, look to Arizona and what they did with Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen was, still is, a bust of a QB. Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick, it was a consensus pick. Everybody knew this guy's going to be pretty good. Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, or Justin Fields, who almost broke an NFL rushing record last year, broke a Bears rushing record, and ended with a much better statistical season than in the beginning and then from the year prior. What do you think the Bears should do, guys? The number one overall pick is a generational situation. I say this almost every week on this program. Generational situation. And it's exciting. And I'm okay with the Bears moving up or you know trading away Fields for a quarterback if Fields was not performing. Key. If Fields and Josh Rosen were on the same plane and the Bears somehow got the number one overall pick, you bet the Bears would be trading away Justin Fields and everybody would support it. That's the thing. It's not happening that way. Fields is showing improvement. He's showing that he could be a capable, if not already competent quarterback in the NFL. Case closed to me. Bryce Young is not a Heisman winner. Right? C.J. Stroud, uh, Will Levis, all these quarterbacks, there's so much mystery and uncertainty surrounding them. We don't know what they're going to be in the NFL. We can only guess and make predictions. And you could say the same about Kyler Murray, but I'll tell you what, Kyler Murray, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback out of Oklahoma, much better than Josh Rosen. Sorry. Any Josh Rosen fans out there, forgive me. <laughs> but it's true. In this case, though, there's no consensus, number one. We know Justin Fields is getting better. Case closed. Stop talking about it. ESPN.
MSM, all these different mainstream outlets, it's getting annoying. You need to relax on the rumors. The Bears, by the way, have a bit of a situation on their hands in regards to cap space, too. So this may affect how many people the Bears sign and what they're really going to do. This was a great article on Bears Wire. The Bears have a lot of dead money this year, believe it or not. A lot of dead money. $22 million in dead money, fourth most in the NFL. Now, I don't want to get too far into this, but here's what I want to say about it, in case all of you are wondering or taking a look at it. This just goes to show you the incompetence of Brian Pace. Take a look at some of these guys the Bears are going to be paying due to dead money via the cap in 2023. Robert Quinn, $13 million. Danny Trebathan, $4 million. Mario Edwards, $2 million. Tariq Cohen still, $2 million almost. Al-Qadim Mohammed, who the Bears just cut, that was a pull signing, five hundred grand. And Zachary Thomas, offensive lineman, one hundred forty-three grand. Uh, Thomas did not make the 53-man roster, only draft pick from Ryan Pulse to do it. Just a word of warning to everybody. The Bears had so much more dead money last year, but it just goes to show you, and this is a good lesson, of the pitfalls that come with a bad general manager. Especially in the NFL, where there's cap, and you have to worry about dead money in the years to come, deferred money, all these different financial terms. Look at what Ryan Pace has still done to this team. We're so happy about Ryan Poles. We're excited about the direction he's putting the Bears in. It's exciting, and it's encouraging, but I'll tell you what, believe it or not, even in 2023, even until next December, next January, Ryan Pace has somewhat of a hold on this team. We can still look at Ryan Pace's legacy in the financial books. How crazy is that? It just goes to show you it's a lesson. Any general manager out there should listen to this. Don't be stupid with your money. Don't be irresponsible spending money when you shouldn't be. The Bears knew in 2020, especially in 2021 as well, they weren't going anywhere. Something needed to change, and they still spent and spent and spent. And now we sit here today, and Brian Pace's dead money is still on the books. I give Brian Paul's credit for trying to clear it out, but... I blame Brian Pace for a lot of these issues. It's just a good lesson. I, I encourage everybody to remember this. You know, I was critical of Brian Poles at first for coming in, not really doing too much, cutting a lot of guys, and there was tons of dead money. That wasn't the best, but I really, as I look back on it now, I can't fully blame him. All that dead money was a result of Brian Pace's irresponsible spending. And now this year, with more dead money, the Bears' fourth most dead money in all the NFL – 23 million. That's all because of Ryan Pace still. Ryan Pace is still the culprit. Isn't that crazy? I think it's just worth talking about. Not that it's going to be the end of the world. The Bears still have about, what, $100 million in cap space? But it really could have been 120 or 123 if it wasn't for all this dead money. And Robert Quinn's really the main culprit, $13 million. And who signed him to that five-year extension, the five-year deal? Ryan Pace. And I'll tell you what, should the Bears have signed Robert Quinn at the end of the day, entering the 2020 season after an 8-8 eight and eight year that was disappointing and no playoffs? Probably not. I think at that point in 2019, Ryan Pace should have said, we may have a problem here, let's try and fix it. But he spent for his job, he spent to save his job, and it bought him two more years. Yet here we are today in 2023, three years later, and the Bears are still paying the price. That's crazy. That's something worth thinking about over there for the Bears. Don't like that. It's very interesting how bad general managing could hurt a team and set them back for years. Ryan Poles came in, did a good job at clearing out all these books. But even now, it's not perfect. It's not Amazing. I mean, $23 million, fourth most end camp money in the NFL. That's not something to be proud of. Not Ryan Poles' fault. That's all because of Ryan Pace. Be careful with your money. Be careful what you spend if you're a general manager. And I think that's why Ryan Poles has been more on the conservative side and really doling out money. Now, this offseason better be different. you got a ton of cap space. You have room to grow, and you need to help out Justin Fields. So there better be spending this year. There should be spending. But last year, I don't blame Poles for not spending anything, and I do blame Pace in 2020, 2021, spending money on a team that he probably knew wasn't really going anywhere. 
the writing was on the wall for this Bears team in 2020 and in 2021. Everybody kind of knew, hey, not looking good, no hope, coach should be fired, GM should be fired, and yet what do they do? Spend more money. More dead cap, more cap issues, and even to this day, $23 million in dead cap money. Thanks, Ryan Pace. Thank you. You're still on the books yourself, my friend, and still hurting this Bears team. How crazy is that? I did want to finish up on a small note, talking about the Bulls. They signed Patrick Beverly off the buyout market. Patrick Beverly coming home to Chicago. Woo! Big deal, except for the fact that the Bulls are 27-30. and 30. Uh, The Beverly shoots 39% from three this season, and the Bulls can't even shoot from three, and that they're cheap. They spent money on Patrick Beverly to try and, I don't know, help their playoff hopes. When will this team just tear it down? Is my question. It's been three weeks we've been talking about this now. Many other people have talked about it for a lot longer than me. When are they going to decide, okay, it's time to tear this down. This isn't working. Things have to change. You know, it's so funny. I was at a barber shop yesterday. Got a new haircut. Talking with the barber. And he even told me the same thing. He's like, yeah, Pat Beverly coming in is nice. Maybe it'll get Zach Levine off his ass. That's what he told me, and I agree with that. But... What does it do for the Bulls long-term? What's it do for their future? He asked me this question. You know what I said? Absolutely nothing. Waste of money, waste of time prolonging the inevitable. And that's what's happening here. I appreciate Bulls fans for seeing through this. They're actually better than some other team's fans. They really are because they knew Patrick Beverly, oh, kind of a big name, good defensive guy. They already knew this was BS. They knew that this was failure by Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. And they were willing to say it. A lot of you guys, friends here at the program, were willing to say it too. It's true. Waste of money, waste of time. No thank you to Patrick Beverly. And this is not a slight on him. I want to make that clear. He's a nice guy, hardcore player, good defender. I like Beverly as a player. I just don't think it really will make a difference for this Bulls team. They have so many other issues. I mean, when your superstars are not playing well, some of them are out with injuries for years, like Lonzo Ball. What are you supposed to do? You have a team with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, now Pat Beverly, and you still can't win. What's that tell me? Blow it up. The Cubs had Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez. Guess what? They blew it up because they sucked. They couldn't win with them anymore. They made the tough but right decision to get rid of everybody and start fresh. And you know what? The Cubs this year could be 500 already. What a quick rebuild, quick turnaround to them. Credit to them. That's the thing. That's what you got to do. Blow it up. Everybody's so hesitant, at least Bulls management is. And it's so funny because they love mediocrity, apparently. They do. They've always been mediocre since Jordan left. Why are you worried about blowing it up right now when you could get back some good draft picks in the next couple of years. You trade away Levine, you could probably get two firsts for Levine, protected maybe. Same with DeMar DeRozan. He's been playing decent individually. Who's your bitch might have been Petra first round pick, if not a second? You could trade all three of them, try out your rookies like Terry, get Io some more minutes when he's healthy fully. See what you could do about Patrick Williams, because I think he's a big bust. Use these young guys and build forward and then draft and build forward. And you could still spend money in the future if you'd like. But this configuration of the team right now is not good enough. They're not getting it done. So what's that mean? What's it mean for this Bulls team? Sayonara. Goodbye, everybody. Roll the dice. Make a change. Make a difference. I'm sick of the Bulls buying a 20-year-old car trying to sell me it as brand new. Okay, Patrick Beverly is a good player, but he's old. He can't shoot from three, and he's not a superstar or a big-time game-changer. Maybe he'll get on Zach Levine's ass a little bit. Maybe he'll help out, give this team a little bit of personality, flair, ego, identity. But this team's still going out round one if they make the playoffs. That doesn't change. So then what's the point of making the move? This team's going to be out round one of the NBA postseason. So why even make any signing or any addition? 
Unless it's monumental. Hey, trade for Kevin Durant. Now we're talking. They didn't do that. No, they signed Patrick Beverly from the buyout market, and that was it. No trades. One of the only two teams in NBA this year to not make any trades at the deadline. Nothing. Apparently, the Bulls were happy with their current roster. Obviously, if there were no moves, they must have been happy enough to say, we believe in this team, and nobody else does except you. Make a change. Make a move. Move on. If the Cubs did it, you can too. Trust me. If any other team has done it, you can too. NBA or otherwise. Look at how long the 76ers were mired in mediocrity when they lost Allen Iverson and Andre Iguodala. When Andre Iguodala left, that team sucked. Jaleel Okafor. I mean, you don't even know. Some of these players, I don't even remember. They were horrible. Veterans, rookies who were busts. And now look at them. Look at them the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years. The 76ers have been solid. Maybe they're not NBA Finals winners or even contenders necessarily, but they were at one point a couple of years ago. And to this day, they're going to wreak havoc still in the East. 76ers are a nice model for the Bulls. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet. And this team needs to understand their superstars aren't getting it done. Bite the bullet, move on, make a change, and look towards the future. That's what I would do if I were the Bulls. Thank you to everybody for tuning in tonight. We appreciate all of your support, all of your help here. Uh, John Meadows, really outstanding job, I have to say. You know, we scrambled in here. We tried to get things ready and going. And uh, John made it happen. Uh, that was an awesome interview. Big thank you to Ozzie Gein again for joining us today. Big thank you to all of you for tuning in. Thank you to our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Best Amish food in all of Illinois. Check them out today in Orland Park. Make sure you follow us right here on YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago. Same on Facebook and Twitch. Follow me personally at John Z Sports, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at John Zaglul. Um, really appreciate all of you tuning in. And it was an amazing show. This was one of our best ones yet, especially that interview with Ozzy was insane. I'm still trying to get over it. We're going to have some nice clips posted, and there's some really interesting stuff he said in there. Until next time, though, so long, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you soon.